Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Tavio Roxo, the CEO of Owl Software. Tavio, it's great to talk to you again. Thank you very much for your time. Hi, Tony. Always a pleasure. Great. Um, Tavio, exciting times because we're in the run-up to the InsurTech 21 conference. And first of all, thank you once again for um, jumping on very early as the our headline sponsor. Um, I really appreciate um, that because it just helps to put the thing on the map again. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Tavio, now um, this is sort of a, an, an opening um, appetizer session just to talk a little bit philosophically about um, insurance and technology, etc. because the aim of the Intratech 21 is to steer away a little bit from what we've done in the past in, in focusing on specific technologies, et cetera, but just looking overall at the impact of technology. So to start off with, the first session is going to be um, titled Searching for the Soul of the Industry. And as a technology person, obviously you've got one aim, and that is to provide efficiencies, to provide tools for companies to do what they would like to do. But the more flexible you get with your technology, the more individualized we are able to get, et cetera. And from your perspective, just as a technology guy, don't you think that we're moving in a direction where eventually we get so personalized in terms of our risk ratings and underwriting that we're going to exclude more and more people from being able to get insurance? Tony, that seems to be the way things are trending. You know, with technology, you ultimately have the ability to understand your data in a much more comprehensive way. You're able to understand it broader and you're able to understand it deeper. And because of that, you, you spot on. I mean, essentially, it will get to a point, perhaps, where someone will not even ask you any underwriting questions. They'll know all the information about you. <laughs> mm, yeah. So... um. But there is something to consider. I mean, even though technically we might move in that direction, I think, I think ultimately we both know that insurance is a function of understanding risk and pricing risk. And um, there will always be someone who's prepared to buy that risk, mm. um, whether it is at a group level, at an individual level. Market forces will ultimately determine mm. that uh, – you hopefully won't have very big groups of people who are uninsured because there will be someone who's willing to take that risk on balance sheet. Mm. I mean, we've seen that with the HIV progression in insurance. We Initially, we didn't insure anybody that's HIV positive. Um, and it was probably simply because we didn't quite understand the risk. But mm. as things progressed and we managed to understand the risk better and we managed to um, uh, underwrite that risk with a bit more accuracy. Everybody started climbing onto that bandwagon and also including HIV positive people. And there was also, there was also some, um, I mean, in that particular instance, I think there was some movement in terms of the, the treatment um, of HIV, which sort of also uh, moved on quite a bit um, from when it was initially, you know, not deemed untreatable, but it was more complicated to treat. So if you look at your, um, you know, when you talk to uh, potential clients or even existing clients, 
in terms of flexibility and open-endedness, so to speak, of your technology and the platform that you offer, um, what are they normally looking for? Um, is, is, is that a very important factor for them? Yeah, so I think that I think that there's been a shift in terms of um, whereas before you would perhaps um, utilize a, a IT service provider um, on an arm's length basis, and then that IT service provider would perform some of the core application, uh, perform and administer and manage some of the core applications for you, and then you needed to perform a function in your business. You would defer to the IT guys, and they would they would do that. I think where I've seen the trend is that the movers has been where they are almost where the technology is the technology, but they're trying to move away from relying on the IT side of things in order to enable their business. And they're trying to utilize the technology in the business by having the very resources of the business utilize the IT. Basically, what I'm saying in a very long-winded way is... Um, I've seen that there is a move where executives and uh, and uh, heads of various business units in the business are interacting with the technology themselves to build additional reports, to build and modify reports, to change product setup, to change benefit structures, to be able to configure on the system themselves without deferring to the IT side of things. And then if they are doing it themselves, they're able to manage, monitor it and watch it and tweak it themselves too. Mm. That gives them the ability to ultimately move into the direction of what we just mentioned at the beginning of this, of this podcast, where, you know, business can sort of step in with both feet and say, but we can segment our book even more and we can understand the risks at a geographical level, at a group level, at whatever level they choose, which previously I think was less likely to be performed because you had to have that request logged on an IT professional, which now you can actually do in-house in your in your business with the technologies that are available. And just on that note, then, if you if you look at legacy systems, um, which is obviously a big, big challenge, do you think that we'll get to a place where we can bypass those legacy systems? Do we have to write them out of the business, create side smaller systems that's flexible? How do we deal with that? So, uh, Tony, I don't think there is a one answer for everyone there. Um, I think it very much is specific to the size and the complexity of that particular book on that particular insurer or UMA space. They have to understand what is the advantages and disadvantages in terms of keeping that legacy system or not. But I think that if you fast forward sort of on 10 years from now, um, if if uh, insurers and UMAs are still using legacy systems, those legacy systems will probably look and function a bit differently today in 10 years' time than what they look like today in the sense that there, there would be probably other layers of integrations with other technologies and other sort of pieces of software which would bolster that legacy system. Um, but you know my views on legacy systems, Tony. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think that ultimately everyone has to move into a cloud-based environment. I don't think a legacy system will ultimately provide the customer journey and the the technological requirements that an insurer and a UMA might need um, in the future to be able to onboard and retain clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we at the conference, we are going to unpack 
um, that specific point a bit further as well because it's such an important one to look forward to in that respect. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tony. Tavio, thanks a lot. Nice chatting to you. Chat to you soon again.